welcome to the second episode of Pod Zach. My name is Zach Kirk, and I am the host, of course, uh, the Zach for which Pod Zach is named. And so uh, I have a couple topics I want to talk about today. And the first one is uh, somewhat of a light one. Uh, it's uh, I want to talk about Donald Glover. Uh, Donald Glover is an actor and a musician and a stand-up comedian. And uh, in my opinion, I believe that he is one of the most talented people working in Hollywood or um, with any kind of fame or notoriety at this point in time. I, I think, period, he is one of the most talented people around. Um, and so if you haven't seen recently Donald Glover under his name that he does for music, under his name Childish Gambino, he released a new music video called This Is America. And the song uh, begins with sort of a very light, breezy feel. There's a man without shoes playing a guitar. Uh, Donald Glover, or Charles Gambino, is you know shirtless. He kind of dances around all weird. And then out of nowhere, he pulls out a gun and uh, shoots the man in the head. And it kind of breaks down to this weird, bizarre um, sequence of just turmoil and kids dancing. And it's, it's definitely one of those things that, you know, if you haven't seen it, you should. Uh, there's a lot of really cool metaphors and a lot of really great callbacks to a lot of other things. And it's such a layered and in-depth video. And so I've been saying for quite a while that I think Donald Glover is one of the most talented people out there. And I have to honestly say, I think, you know, this cemented it. Uh, the song itself jumped to um, the top of the Billboard 100. It's doing very well. Uh, the video's been viewed uh, very much. It's being uh, looked at as a piece of art, as I believe it very well should be. There's a lot of really interesting stuff in there that you almost have to wonder. You know, is this intentional? Did he include this uh, on purpose? Or is it just... Uh, I don't even know. It's it's so deep, and there's so much involved in it. Um, you know, one part, you know, while he's pulling out the gun and shooting the man in the beginning, he has kind of his hands on his hips in some weird way, and uh, the way that he's dancing, and it's supposed to harken back to the Jim Crow era, um, because the Jim Crow uh, name comes from uh, a black character. It would be a white person in blackface, and they would do like a Jim Crow type character, and it would be a real over-the-top, really stereotypical, just terrible uh, impersonation of a black person, and so when he pulls out the gun, and when he's dancing all around before that, and he has these bizarre facial expressions that honestly can't be described, they have to be more seen than, uh, described, but he has these weird facial expressions, and these weird dance moves, and this strange, po uh, pose that he does before he pulls the trigger, and it's, uh, Jim Crow reference, and it's it's one of those things that it's like, how do you even layer that in there? Like, how do you even think of doing something like that? And um, the song is called This Is America because the whole thing is a metaphor for the true America, like what America actually is, and it talks a lot about, uh, even without expressing it directly in the lyrics, the video is very much about African Americans and African American culture and how they are treated in the United States. You know, there's a lot of imagery of police, uh, there's a cop car, um, it talks briefly about, 
cells and tools um, and like a, a cell being a tool so prison being kind of a tool to suppress black people it's it's very interesting and um, you know if you haven't seen the video definitely watch it but Donald Glover just as a person is fascinating because of just how talented he is uh, so Donald Glover if you don't know him he got his start on the NBC comedy Community, which, uh, to be perfectly honest, I have not watched Community. I've heard it's very funny. Uh, it's Joel McHale, Donald Glover, and Chevy Chase, um, among other people. I'm not entirely familiar with the cast, but I've, I've heard very good things about it. So, um, definitely, heard, it could be very good, but either way, that is what started his career. From there, he went on and did uh, stand-up comedy. He also started rapping under the name Childish Gambino. And in recent years, he really has exploded onto the cultural scene. So the most recent stuff that he's been doing, because he's been essentially ubiquitous in recent memory and in recent years. And so he came out with an album in 2016 called Awaken My Love, which was a very odd combination of like R&B and like African spiritual music um, which was a fantastic album that a lot of people were actually disappointed with because he didn't rap but it won uh, uh, Glover a Grammy it was hailed by critics it was a fantastic album musically uh, a lot of people weren't expecting something like that so that's where you have a lot of the negative reception but as a whole, the album was phenomenal. And he uh, had some small roles. He was in The Martian uh, with Matt Damon. Um, and then just recently, he starred as Lando Calrissian in, Star, er, in Solo, A Star Wars Story, and which hasn't come out yet. But the reviews have said all that he steals every scene that he's in and that he's fantastic in the movie, which honestly doesn't surprise me. Uh, he's going to be playing Simba in The New Lion King. And he has a really phenomenal show on FX called Atlanta. Uh, if you don't know Atlanta, Atlanta's just about this this guy uh, who lives in Atlanta and what his life is all about. And so the first season really follows Don, uh, Glover's character of Earn as he's kind of, you know, he's broke and he has a daughter and a weird relationship with the mother of said daughter and so to support her, uh, he talks to his cousin, who's a rapper, and he becomes his manager. And so the first season very much follows that journey and follows him. And uh, Glover wrote all of the episodes with his brother, Stephen. And then the second season kind of deviates a lot away from Earn and more towards the other characters. And it's a very interesting show artistically, and it's a very phenomenal show. Uh, if you don't watch it, that's a show that I, I have watched and I can tell you about. It is a fantastic show. Uh, so I do recommend, if you haven't seen that, uh, take a look at that. And there's one episode in particular. Um, well, actually, um, so for season one, he actually did win an Emmy for it, which was a big deal. Um, but for season two, I believe it's episode four. It could be episode four or episode five. There's one episode, and it's called Teddy Perkins. And... You know, if you get one thing out of listening to this, if you only watch one episode of Atlanta, if 
you know, if if you only do one thing following this, watch this episode of Teddy Perkins. You need no context for the actual show because it's very much an anthology episode of the show. All you need, the only context you need to know is that there's a guy in the show named Darius. You know, as long as you know that, you know everything that you need to watch this episode of the show. And so the episode is about Darius is going to buy a piano from this guy, Teddy Perkins, whose brother um, was an old piano player. And Teddy Perkins, the character, is played by Donald Glover. And he actually does a Michael Jackson-esque performance in Whiteface uh, throughout it. And it's such an eerie, ridiculous performance and so over the top and bizarre and it is honestly and truly some of the finest television that I have seen uh, period it was a fantastic episode and I can't recommend strongly enough to watch it and just you know if you don't know Donald Glover and you don't know how talented he is as a person and as an artist an actor musician all of the above watch Teddy Perkins. It is fantastic. And I don't want to say more because there's a lot of twists and there's uh, there's stuff involving uh, the character has... Uh, it's very much Michael Jackson-esque. He has issues with his father who is uh, abusive and there's just a lot going on. And the episode itself aired without commercials. It's about 45 minutes. And it is extremely intense. Uh, so I would check that out. But... Yeah, I mean, after watching This Is America uh, a bunch of times and Donald Glover hosted SNL last week, uh, it just has very much gotten me thinking about Donald Glover, and I just needed to air out just how much I love him and how much I think he is so unbelievably talented. And um, if you don't know him at this point in time, you might be living under a rock. But either way, you will know about him soon enough. He He's already booming onto the uh, entire landscape of just society and of culture. And he is only going to continue moving up. So, uh, so, anyway, so that's enough about Donald Glover. He's very interesting. If you don't know anything that he's in, Teddy Perkins or listen to a Childish Gambino album or mixtape or watch... Uh, Watch Solo, I guess. I haven't seen it, but I'm hoping it's going to be pretty good. I don't know. I don't know if it'll be good. I'm hoping it will be. I'm hoping it's at least decent. Hopefully something that's enjoyable, something that I could like. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm a big Star Wars fan. Um, anyway, so the next thing that I want to talk about was um, Spotify recently announced a new policy that they weren't going to put artists who... Um, I forget the actual terminology, but it's like hateful, uh, have done hateful things. They weren't going to put them in their Spotify-made playlists, and they were going to take them out of the algorithm that uh, assembles the actual playlists. So at this point in time, two artists have been affected by that policy, and those two are R. Kelly and XXXTentacion. Uh, R. Kelly is much more famous than... X, regardless of what anyone wants to say. R. Kelly, um, he made the, the song Ignition Remix, I Believe I Can Fly, I'm a Flirt. Uh, he has a lot of music that is very popular. And 
over the years, he's been accused of many things, including, you know, sex with minors, um, peeing on women. Uh, he has been accused of having a sex cold. Recently, he was accused of intentionally giving a woman herpes. Just a lot of horrible, horrible things. And he's a really, really bad guy. And it is kind of incredible in this whole era of um, of Me Too and of people being held accountable for things that they've done that are horrible to women. It's kind of odd that R. Kelly is still very much celebrated. Um, people like his music, and he's it's been known for a long time that he's a horrible guy. Uh, and, I mean, I would put him on the level of, you know, Bill Cosby or Harvey Weinstein. He He really is a terrible terrible guy who has done really bad things to a lot of people he he literally has a sex cult and he's been um supported for quite some time by many people and so spotify's taking the first step and they're removing him from their playlist his music is still available on spotify um but it's not on any of the actual playlists uh, that Spotify makes for you. Uh, and the same thing goes for XXXTentacion, who was accused of uh, throwing his girlfriend down the steps and beating her and uh, while she was pregnant, too, I believe. Um, I think there were even rape accusations in there. Really bad stuff. But so Spotify announced that they would be uh, taken off of their playlists, and it's garnered a lot of weird reactions, and I'm going to be perfectly honest, I I don't know how I feel about the policy. So, on the one hand, it's great that they have a policy like this, and that they are going to stop promoting people who are bad people, and who have done terrible things to women, or to just other people in general. And so it's good that Spotify is taking this stand and that someone is at least disavowing R. Kelly because it seems like no one actually is and no one has been, even though it's become kind of a joke that R. Kelly's a sex predator. So, yes, it's good that Spotify has this policy. The issue is now you're running at a really slippery slope because if you start with R. Kelly... R. Kelly's bad. A lot of musicians, however, have done a lot of bad things, especially uh, rappers and people uh, in the hip-hop community have done a lot of bad things, and even rock stars. And so once you take R. Kelly off and once you take XXXTentacion off, there are some people who it is a little bit more obvious. Like, yes, like, this person raped someone or this person did whatever yes they should be taken off but there's a lot of other people that it's very murky and some very famous people have had some really serious allegations against them and while I don't agree in supporting artists who are bad people I think there are plenty of good artists out there to support at the same time at what point do you have to separate the artist from their art? And um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if there is a point. 
But there also has to be some kind of line where you say, yes, this person did something bad, but it's still good music, it's still art, and it still should be included on the playlist because it's not as bad as having a sex cult and peeing on minors. (laughs) Which, I mean, it's a low bar, but... Uh, Because just recently, even today, it was actually uh, a women's rights group came out and applauded Spotify, rightly so, for their uh, stance that they're taking and for their new policy. And then requested that a list of artists also be banned. And these artists included um, Eminem, it included James Brown... Steven Tyler, uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers were on the list, 6 9 was on the list, uh, I don't have the extensive list, but it, it was a long list, and there were some really famous names and faces on the list, and I, I think it's a really, really slippery slope, and I think Spotify kind of put themselves in an in a position that they probably didn't have to put themselves in. But I'm happy that they are taking a stand and they are working to do it. I just don't know how they're going to handle things like this. Because, I mean, even even someone like Dr. Dre, uh, years back, was accused and of a domestic abuse. Uh, Dr. Dre, however, over time, I mean, he's given a lot of money to charity. He's a father. He's He's a decent guy at this point in his life but should all of his music go down or be taken off the playlist because of that and I mean obviously there is a case to be made that yes I'm you know if you hit someone or if you domestically abuse someone yes your music should be taken down but he's also influenced a lot of music and a lot of artists and I mean he's a producer he he essentially started West Coast rap in its modern form, especially out of Compton. So do you take all of that off? It's I I don't know if it's a good or a bad. I, I think it's definitely a good policy. I just think it's a very very slippery slope. And they said that they're going to look at artists on a case by case basis, but I don't know. I I don't know how they're going to sustain something like this uh and then uh, i think i think it, it will be good to have artists who are good people be celebrated for sure but at one point do you does it extend to well their lyrics are bad or things of that nature so i think it's going to be something that'll be cool to keep an eye on in the future and see how strictly they actually stick to this policy. I mean, I I definitely think that we'll see other artists be taken off Spotify playlists as a result of this, but some of the big ones may not. Uh, You know, James Brown, I forget what the actual accusation was, but I mean, I can't see James Brown being taken off of a playlist. I can't see Michael Jackson being taken off of any kind of playlist. Um, Eminem was one of the people listed. Uh, However, I think Eminem, it's more so because he has some pretty hateful lyrics. But then are we going to censor his lyrics? So it it becomes... uh, 
very difficult. And so I don't know how Spotify is going to sustain the policy. Um, however, it's definitely a very good stand that they're taking, and it's very, it's it's a great step in the right direction for Spotify, and for the music industry as a whole. Um, we should definitely start celebrating people who are worth celebrating, not people who are criminals and not people who have done terrible things to women or to other men or anything like that. Um, I just think it's a slippery slope. So I don't know how what the future is going to look like for that, but I, I do wonder how long the policy will be sustained and to what extent. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, third, we have net neutrality, which today passed uh, in the Senate, they voted to repeal the FCC's uh, measure to get rid of FCC Obama-era regulations regarding net neutrality and Title IX. Uh, And so if you're not familiar with net neutrality, because that's one of those words that you kind of hear everywhere. Like If you go on Twitter at any point in time, you'll find three-plus ads for net neutrality. But it's one of those things that if you haven't actually looked into it, you probably don't know what it is. You probably know it's bad, or actually, you might not even know if it's bad, like if people are against net neutrality, or if people are trying to save net neutrality, because all you just see ads all the time. So essentially what it is, net neutrality is the concept of a free and open internet, which means all internet... Uh, or, or which means internet service providers can't discriminate against certain websites and make certain websites run faster than others, um, and which essentially means a company like Netflix can't pay to have their website run faster than, say, Hulu. And so then more people are going to go over to Netflix over Hulu, and that's going to hurt Hulu's business. Uh, and that also could lead... If that gets overturned, that could lead to internet service providers saying, um, you know, if you want these websites to run quickly, you have to pay this much more per month. You know, you get the um, the music package, and then you get Spotify at a high speed, you get iTunes at a high speed, Google Play at a high speed, whatever it may be. Or you could have a movies one with Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, HBO Go, things like that. So as it stands now... All of them run at the same speed, and that is extremely important because it helps keep the internet a free and open space for creators and innovators and for people to actually put out er, content and actually produce things. So uh, when the FCC announced they were going to overturn that, a lot of people were very unhappy with it, but there's not a whole lot that they could have done to stop it because the FCC kind of runs on its own, uh, and all the people there are appointed, so it's not like you could vote those people out and change things. That They're there. that They can essentially do what they want regarding federal communications and the Internet. Uh, but there's the Congressional Review Act, which gives Congress the ability to review any decision that's made by the bureaucracy. And so the Democrats in the Senate uh, and in the House have pushed something through that would allow this to be looked at. And so in the Senate, with the help of a couple Republicans, uh, three exactly, and I know one of them was Suzanne Collins of Maine. Um, I do forget the other two. 
but uh, with the three of them, they were able to get a 51-49 majority needed to pass, or a 50-49 majority, because John McCain is still uh, uh, sick, and he's still undergoing surgery and things like that. But so they were able to overturn in the Senate the FCC's decision to get rid of net neutrality, which is great. That's a huge step in the right direction. Uh, the issue now uh, is that now this is going on to the House of Representatives, which is Republican-controlled as well, and which looks like it has a really uh, slim chance of actually passing. So I really hope it does. Uh, right to your congressman, I guess. Uh, there's not a whole lot to be done at this point. It's really not looking good for net neutrality, and it's really upsetting. I hope that um, the future holds something different and that the future saves the concept of a free and open internet because that is so important. Even if you don't feel the effects now or you don't feel the effects within five years, over time, you will. And over time, it will need to be more and more important that the internet remains open to everyone and free for everyone. Um, the internet's such an important part of daily life that you can't restrict it for anyone. So hopefully the House is able to overturn it. Honestly, I, I wouldn't hold your breath for that. I don't think that's going to happen. And that is uh, devastating, to say the least. Uh, finally, Michael Cohen who is under a lot of fire recently. Uh, if you don't know who Michael Cohen is, Michael Cohen is the former personal lawyer for Donald Trump. He is the one who paid Stormy Daniels $130,000 to uh, not allegedly not talk about an affair between the president and herself. Uh, so he was the one who handled all of that. Recently, it came out that he created an LLC called Essential Consulting LLC. And so this came out through Stormy Daniels' lawyer, uh, he, Michael Avanti. Um, I believe, yeah, he kind of dropped this on the media, and it's been proven, like, this is accurate, that... Uh, Michael Cohen had a company called Essential Consultants LLC where companies would pay him to um, consult, really, which kind of sounds like bullshit to a lot of people because what is he really consulting on? Uh, his company is literally just Essential Consulting what does that actually mean? Who is he consulting? What is he consulting them on? I don't know, but apparently it is essential. And so, uh, the companies that he it's came out that he was paid by a bunch of companies, and those companies have confirmed it. They've confirmed that he was paid for his consulting. His firm was paid. And allegedly, and so this is has not been confirmed, but allegedly his kind of sales pitch to get people to sign on to his essential consulting was, you know, I'm the president's personal lawyer, which is dangerous <laughs> to say the very least. Um, 
because that kind of implies that he has the ear of the president, which he does. He is the person's lawyer, and that kind of implies that he can influence the decisions of the president if you give him money, which, I mean, first of all, the fact that he's saying that is scary because, I mean, I I don't even think I need to explain why that's scary. Um, But if it is accurate and if he really does have the ear of the president this much and can really advise him this much and cause him to make decisions based on whatever companies are paying him, that really is a big deal. And that could be a huge issue legally. Uh, And so two companies in particular that are really coming under fire for paying Michael Cohen are AT&T and uh, NVIDIA, I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, It's a Swedish pharmaceutical company. Now, AT&T paid Michael Cohen $600,000. And they paid him so that he would advise them... Oh, I'm sorry. It's not NVIDIA. NVIDIA is a... um, it's a streaming company, and they make a lot of gaming devices. Uh, it's Novartis, which is a um, a pharmaceutical company. Uh, so AT&T uh, paid him to advise on the Time Warner deal, which is a huge merger between AT&T and Time Warner Cable, which currently is looking for approval by the Trump Justice Department. And so uh, the fact that they're paying him $600,000... He is the personal lawyer of the president. The president is helping to decide whether or not AT&T is merging with this other company that's going to make them a lot of money. It's very shady, to say the least. It is very, very shady, especially when you consider the fact that Michael Cohen is not an expert on mergers, and that's not even an opinion. He literally after one meeting was never met with again because he doesn't he doesn't know things uh you know he was consulting on on i guess the merger and how he the merger was to go down but he doesn't know things about mergers what he knows is how to talk to Donald Trump who's the president who is the one who is helping to approve this deal. So, and I'm I'm not going to make any kind of implication that Trump is behind this or anything like that. Uh, you know, I'm not going to do any kind of wild speculation. Strictly from a Michael Cohen standpoint, this is unbelievably sketchy and really, really shady. And then Novartis was, it was the other company that was a big deal that he was advising them. And so he was advising them on healthcare, and it was kind of the same thing. They met with him and realized he doesn't know anything about healthcare. He, he, <laughs> what he does know is how to talk to the president, and the president was trying to pass the healthcare bill at the time, which was a really big deal at the time. And healthcare, even though it's kind of faded into the darkness of the Trump administration. 
healthcare is something that a lot of people want to see something get done about. So Novartis is paying Michael Cohen a lot of money to talk to them about healthcare and only healthcare, but he doesn't actually know anything about healthcare and he's not an expert on healthcare. So it is just, it's sketchy. It is sketchy and it is shady. And it's something that a lot of Democrats in the Senate have called on Trump to kind of answer for and to be like, and called on Michael Cohen to answer for and say, wait a second, why are these companies paying you hundreds of thousands of dollars um, for something that you don't know anything about? Is it because of the fact that the Trump DOJ is blocking the Time Warner AT&T merger? Is it because of the fact that Trump is trying to get a health care bill passed? And, you know, without wildly speculating, it does seem that way. I, I don't think a logical person can think of any other reason why Michael Cohen would be paid for any of these things. It, it just seems like something that people deserve answers for. Why is the president's personal lawyer getting paid all of this money through this LLC that he recently created that has a bullshit-sounding name and whose goal is to, quote, consult? It doesn't make sense, and it's really something that people deserve answers for. So... I don't know, it'll be interesting to see if more things come out, uh, because this was over the course of the past week, so more things will definitely come out, and uh, more companies will, both AT&T and Novartis have acknowledged the fact that, yes, they did pay um, Michael Cohen to advise for them. Both of them have described it as a mistake, because, as previously stated, he literally knows nothing about either of the things that he was asked to advise about. But... Um, both companies have admitted that, yes, what leaked is true. He was paid this money to do this stuff, to do these things. So it remains to be seen, really. There's, there's a lot of unknowns in the story and a lot of, you know, why Michael Cohen? Why out of all the people you could have picked to advise you on health care and health care policy and all the people you could have picked to advise you on a merger of two major telecommunications companies, why Michael Cohen, why the president's lawyer is behind these things? And the obvious answer is because he is the president's lawyer, because he is the ear of the president. But first of all, that's illegal. And second of all, if Trump knew about that, then that's another issue for him as well. And and I don't know if he did. I don't think anyone really knows now except for him and Michael Cohen and some of the companies involved whether or not Trump actually knew about this going on and so I'm not going to speculate on it but if he did that that would be a big deal and even just the fact that Michael Cohen's doing this and it's so shady and so bizarre that it's him out of all people this guy who graduated from what's widely considered the worst law school in the country, why he's advising billion-dollar companies on things he doesn't know about.
So I think people deserve answers on it. And I honestly think people will get answers in the coming weeks and months. But um, it's another thing that we can't really forget about. It's something that is very important and something that needs to be figured out. And we need to get to the bottom of it. Uh, All right. So I think that's everything that (laughs) I have to say to you guys. So thank you for listening. And until next time, my name is Zach Kirk, and this has been Podzak.